Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. Today's episode is sponsored by Brazen Color Country. They sell livestock candling equipment and they're located in Kanab, Utah. You can check them out on Facebook or you can also go to the Brazen website, which is brazen, B-R-A-Z-Z-E-N.com to see what they have to offer. Our other sponsor for this episode is Escalani Yurts. If you were ever in the southern Utah area and you were looking for a great place to stay, I would highly recommend checking them out. You can look them up on Facebook, Instagram, or their website is escalaniyurts.com. If you or somebody that you know is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please feel free to send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. I really appreciate all of the sponsors that I've had so far. It really helps keep this podcast going and um, helps us to be able to reach out to more people. So I really appreciate it. And I appreciate Brazen Color Country and Escalani Yurts for sponsoring this podcast. Today I visited with Glenn D. Taft. He's from Wayne County, Utah, and he knows a lot of history about the Halls Creek Ranch. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Halls Creek Ranch, when they built the Glen Canyon Dam, um, which started the formation of Lake Powell, the lake filled up and actually went over part of this ranch. So it's neat to get the history from people who were there and who ranched on it before part of it went underwater. So Glenn shares a few stories and a few memories with us that he has from going down there with his dad. Anyway, I'm excited for you to listen to this story and to gain a little bit more history about the Halls Creek Ranch. just like to start off by having people introduce themselves a little bit and tell us a little bit about your history, where you grew up, what you grew up doing, okay, and how you got involved in agriculture. I'm My name is Glenn D. Taft. I was named after both granddads, Glenn Taylor D. Taft. Cool. And when, the, when I was growing up, the people from Lyman, Lower, and on up, called me Glenn because my granddad Glenn Taylor was in Fremont and from Bicknell Teasdale and Torrey Grover called me D because <laughs> D Taft and he was from Bicknell and so I went so went, you went by both both names <laughs> I kept telling people it don't matter what you call me as long as it's not late for lunch <laughs> I and I was born in 49 and my first trip down in that country was probably when I was 
probably in 1958, I would have been eight, nine years old, mm -hmm. somewhere in there, then that range, and and we left the f the first the first and this and I think the second year we left with her with my dad and and Don Taylor, my dad is K Taft, and. Uh, when we left, we were gone for 32 days. Down to Hall's Creek. Down, the, down in that desert. Okay. We'd, go to, we'd go to Bullfrog, to st go to the post, and that's as far as the road. That's where we wanted our, our truck or whatever. We hauled the horses to there. And then we would go from there, and I was a horse wrangler when I was nine years old, eight, nine, and they'd take the horses and go from the post to Bullfrog the first day, and then, and then the, the second day, then my dad would take my younger brother Elvin, go down Bullfrog, and Don would go take the camp in that old international pickup and go on over from, from Bullfrog over into Hanson Creek and down Hanson Creek. And Carl Don, Don's boy, and I would take the horses, 15 head plus horses, and we would go out, on, out to Clay Point and dive off of Clay Point into Thompson Canyon and go down Thompson Canyon and come out in Hanson Creek and meet Don and go on down, and the, and the camp was down... Uh, in Hanson Creek, Clay Seep. Oh, okay. And we, and that's where we would camp. Then we would. Sounds like a trip. It was a nice old. trip. It was a nice trip. Yeah. How many horses did you have to take? Well, we had uh, my dad. We had two, four, five, six, six horses that we was riding all the time, and and everybody had at least one, if not two, extra horses to rest because yeah. it was hot. Hot, hot, and we could we could knock the wind out of a horse in a hurry in that heat. So, so we'd ride one one day and let it rest for two more before we'd ride them again. What time of year would you go down in, there? In the last of May, first of June. Okay. Gathering, yeah, way hot. Way hot. Gathering the cattle out of there, but we'd gather everything, uh, bullfrog, and and Hanson Creek, and go and up to to. Uh, Oh, what the hell? Is that? I had to blank. We'd gather everything from Tickaboo on down. Tickaboo was about the, where we would, where our cattle wouldn't get much. If they did, somebody else would bring them home. Yeah. So Tickaboo, we'd gather everything from Tickaboo to the south and and west to the river, to the Colorado River. We'd take them over. Everything we found there, we'd take them down to to this camp and we there was a box canyon and we'd put everything in this box canyon and hold them until we got everything gathered that we were satisfied we'd go down Hanson Creek go down Bullfrog and we'd bunch everything together and put them in and then in the afternoon when we'd come back after we'd gathered what we could and with new cattle we'd go in and, and let the cattle out of the box canyon and let them go over to, to Hanson Creek and get a drink of water. 
And then we'd herd them around there for an hour or two, let them feed. Then we'd put them back in that box canyon and shut the gate on them so that, so that we still had them. When we were satisfied that we were, had it pretty well gathered, we would take those cattle out of there and go over and go across Bullfrog and over into Halls Creek and start them up the gulch. Oh, okay. And we'd let them go. They, most of those old cows knew what we were doing, and when we started them up the gulch, they'd, they... They knew it was time to go. They knew, and they'd go, they'd go as far as the Halls Creek Divide because there was fresh water. They didn't want to go over the divide because it was dry for the next 18, 19 miles. It was 27 miles from the post to the Halls Creek Ranch. And it took us, after we got everything gathered, Halls Creek included, and we the, started up out of, from Halls Creek to the post, it took us three days wow. to drive those cows and calves the 27 miles to get up out of there. Hotter than a pistol. We'd drive them in the morning, move them in the morning. By noon, we'd, we'd quit and let them, let them shade up. But we took us, we'd get up out of there. And then it, and then it took us another uh, two days from the post up to the Sandy Ranch. And that's where we split, split those cattle there. And Don had cattle that went on the, on the east side of the boulder, so we cut them off. And then he had cattle that come up here, pasture cattle. And my dad's cattle came up here. So then, okay. after a, after a day of sorting there, then then uh, the cattle that that Don had to go up uh, Oak Creek, we'd mark the calves and get everything ready and start them up Oak Creek and put them up above the the diversion. And and then we left from the Sandy Ranch and trailed those cattle. It took us another seven days to walk those cows and calves from the Sandy Ranch to Bicknell. To Bicknell, cool. And we'd go, we'd go halfway over to Notum and then over to Notum, just just past on the north side of Notum, Pleasant Creek, where there was water for them to drink, and then and then from there it was seven miles up through the gorge to get up through the reef to get on the on the west side of the reef in the park and then we'd camp there and it took us another day to get up to the about where the visitor center is now camp there and then it took us another three days to get <laughs> climb up uphill and hot to climb uphill to, to get out of there park and up to Torrey and on to Bicknell wow. and it was a it was a long way and, and we we, and you did that as an eight, nine-year-old yeah, for the first time. Yeah, but we we had good horses time we got home. Yeah, we, they were they were well broke, and we did that. We did that several years. Did the same thing until, and that would have been from my first trip would have been in fifty-seven, nineteen fifty-seven, nineteen fifty-eight. And we trailed those cattle like that every year until I think it was 1971. And we got up to the post and 
and we had to go. There was a pretty good road to come down through, and so we had to come home and get some vaccine or something. Anyway, we come out in the pickup, and I called Charlie Blackburn. He had a semi and a cow trailer. And I called him and I said, Charlie, I want you to come to the post. And I explained how to get there. And I told him what day. And there was a, right when you get to the post, there was an old house was there. And then, and then they started down the gulch to, the, to where the trail was. And there was a big, big draw that run a lot of water. And, and the, there was a voice that was from here to the wall and about four feet deep. And it took me three, four afternoons with a shovel to oh. shovel the dirt off the banks of that into that wash from both sides and get it so that it was enough that that semi could... Could cross it. Could cross it. We backed that, we backed that truck into the post trail, and that was the first time a, a load of cattle come out of the desert with under wheels. They, until then, everybody drove them. Started to, started, and then from then on, we, we kept, we'd drive them uh, the majority of the time. Cattle that needed to come home, we'd load there to the post in smaller trucks or semi if need be. But uh, then we'd trail, like, the, like I said, Don's, mountain cows and whatever on from the post on up to the Sandy Ranch, which was 20, 21 miles, I think, 20 miles. Took, normally it took at least two, maybe three days to trail that far and gather cattle as we was going. Yeah. So, so were they your dad's cows? Yes. So Don and your dad were kind of together. Well, they each had their own cattle. They were part of the, the Blind Bridal Cattle Association. And I think there was... I can be wrong on the number, but it seems to me like there was 21 or 22, three different guys that went in to buy bakers out and split up the 1,500 head allotment that bakers had. So, so my dad had, my dad had, uh, I don't know, we had a, 150 to 200 head. I can't remember the numbers for sure. Don had roughly the same. Ernest Peterson was another. He was an old boy that he only made one trip that I remember. He was old enough that after that we gathered his cows and brought them home. And I eventually bought Ernest Peterson. Okay. Bought him out in 70. That would have been in 73 or 4, something like that. So all the different guys together would gather everything to the right, post, and right. then that was where we get, you would kind of split. Right. Okay. We'd split up there. Williamses. There was three Williams brothers that bought in on the deal. Uh, there was uh, Claude Baker. I know, I remember Claude Baker and Jeff Savage, and I think they both had twenty head. And they never did go down there that I know of. We, we would. It was easier to just gather their cattle and bring them home than, you know. So, yeah. so anyway, there was a cattle would gather to the post, and then and then kind of over on the other on the east side, the cattle would gather to the uh, stars, Star Springs, and then kind of split there and go different directions. That makes sense. So, but that was. 
that was a lot of, now I look back and it was a lot of fun. It wasn't a lot of fun, <laughs> though, you know, at the time, but, yeah. but it wasn't, I say it wasn't a lot of fun then, but you couldn't leave one of us home. That was, that was a, a big, like I say, Baker's had 1,500 plus. And Baker's, when they sold out there, they went over, over in the desert uh, east of the Thousand Lake, which is now called the Baker Ranch. Oh, okay. Over there. Oh, okay. They they took their and they not only did they take money with them when they sold out, but they took their cattle out of the out of there and they trailed them just like I said up to the up to the post and the Sandy Ranch and come right and just kept coming and when they got up to here to they just here kept to, going. they Teasdale, they just kept going right on over the mountain into the wow. to the Baker Ranch over there now. That's cool. And that's a that's a a big quite a big ranch over there even today. Yeah. It belongs to some people out of uh, Emory County bought it and has it now. But that was that was a quite a deal when they when they sold out and moved. So if we were to back up just a little bit, the halls, were they the first people to ever run cows down in there? Do as far know? as I know. And they ran fifteen hundred head. I don't know how I don't know how many cattle they had, uh, the the halls people. I don't know I I don't know that I ever heard any numbers. But they but they were uh, they were the as far as I know the first ones there to to settle to to claim so and they then bakers so how many cattle the Hall's people had I don't know and we we thoroughly enjoyed going down there and spending spending time. We were we come out of there looking like rats, desert rats. <laughs> yeah. Shriveled up and sunburned and but but like I said, it, when it was time to go there was not leave nobody was leaving. <laughs> we you. we were all going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when they started talking about filling it filling the lake, like building the dam, creating Lake Powell. Did you know that it would affect that area down there? We right did. Away, we did. They, they was, and I don't know how they found out, but my dad and the older generation, I don't know how they found out, but they knew that that was taking place, and and along in the sixties, early sixties, they came in and. They condemned the Halls Creek Ranch, took it, took it away from the owners, and they, their high bid was $22 per acre. And there was a couple, couple of guys that had a little money, told them, no, we, you know, and they got a lawyer and proceeded to fight to to get an increase over that $22. And they did get an increase, and I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it wasn't enough to pay the lawyer 
gosh. For the fight, after, after it was all over and said and done, they both of them said that they should have just took the $22 and called it good. Took their whipping and, and walk away. Because it cost him more for the lawyer, and and back then, you know, lawyers weren't, but but it still cost them more to hire the lawyer and fight it than than what they got in the gain yeah. over over the twenty. And the reason they did that, and not only not only did they take the private ground, they took all the private ground, and they took all of the school sections that was within a three mile corridor. From the center of the river, from the center of the Colorado River, they took every, and the reason they did, and and after after it been after it got to be in the seventies, early eighties, we all figured out why they did that. They didn't want us in Halls Creek to have our own private marina mm. down the road, which we would have done. Yeah. You know, if they would have left us alone, not only not only us in the in the Halls Creek Ranch, but people that had a school section leased that was within that corridor, and there was a lot of them, they could have upgraded that school section from grazing up to commercial use and put in another marina somewhere up the river, up and down the river. But the government came in with and just stole it. Stole it away from, just, you know, just, they just took it. Do you know what year that was? Well, that would, not exactly, but it would have been around 1960, give or take a year or two right there, because the, because the lake started filling up in, I think in 64, and, and so by 65 and 6, it had backed up enough that we, we could see it coming up, uh, up Halls Creek, up Bullfrog. So, so when they took the ground, would have, maybe it would have been in the, in the last half of the fifties. I don't really know that the answer to that, mm-hmm. but but I do know that the government came in and they just condemned it and took it away from. So for twenty two dollars an acre. And then did they, like, what did you do with your cattle? When well, they, happened, we, we still run on it. Oh, okay. We, we stayed right there. You know, there was no, there was nothing they could do about it. Yeah. They wasn't going to build a new fence and neither were we. <laughs> yeah. So we run, we stayed right there till the water pushed us out. And that, uh. That would have been that was up into the seventies when it finally got got enough water that that it it stopped us from going from Bullfrog over to Halls Creek and and then going we could still go we knew how to get around to get from Bullfrog over go out on Halls Mason down off into the sand draw and get I could I could still get over to the Halls Creek Ranch. But the water got high enough that when it floated the house, then you couldn't you couldn't get on up the the gulch. Oh, okay. So when it floated the house, is the is the last time that we could trail cattle that direction. So any cattle, 
any cattle that we had over to the in Bullfrog in that country, we had to, which we hauled them home then. And the cattle that that we put, I I deliberately put cattle started them. I cut out a bunch of old cows that knew where they was at when they got to the post in the fall, November. I cut out a bunch of old cows, 40, 50 head of cows, and just started them down the gulch. And they went. They knew where they knew where home was. They went down and they scattered out from the post all the way to the to where they run into the lake, which was over the Halls Creek Divide, oh. about where Miller's Creek comes in. And it's uh and the only way to get them is go from the post and take a pack outfit so that you had to use grocery and whatever. It was at least a two, if not a three-day trip, and ride ride from the post down the gulch and get below the cattle and then turn around and gather up those canyons and and drive them back to the north, to the, to the post. Interesting. They was... They knew. The last time I went down, I took, it was a bad year, drought, just like it was this last winter. Mm-hmm. And, and the majority of the guys took their cattle and went somewhere with them. Don and, and his brother Evan went to Colorado. And put their cattle, Olathe, Colorado, Montrose, in that country, and put their cattle in fields, corn stalks. They rented it from the feed in the field. And, uh-huh. from, uh, and Keith Taylor and Bliss Brink and Norman Van Dyke, they went, to, uh, they went down to uh, Gallup, New Mexico, down in that area. That was in 1978 when that happened. And there's a boy, Mike Stevenson, I know, and I know I, every time I see him, I think that he was just a young kid, you know, eight or nine years old. That year went down there with, with his granddad, Keith, and they had BB guns and was playing with BB guns. And somebody shot and they hit a rock and it bounced up and hit Mike in the eye and blinded the one eye. Oh. And he's been he's been blinded in that eye since. Gosh. And that was in that was in the winter of seventy eight when they were down there doing that. And though that year, that particular year I took took the cattle I had and and we hauled them to the post, unloaded them, and took every cow down the gulch. And we, we went with him. Alec Clark was with me. He was helping me. Good old boy. We took those cows down and went. And when we got over, we decided we'd take them over and go down over the Hulse Creek Divide so they was on good water. And we went down below Millis Creek. Oh, the story when I got down below Millis Creek. And I had had my appendix out that summer. June, I think. Anyway... We got down. <laughs> we got down below Millis Creek, and and I see this thing in the bottom of the creek, odd-looking metal thing. And so I stopped, and Elliot kept moving, going with the cows. And I stopped and got off my horse, and it was a barrel, 
It was an old, old steel barrel that had been put together with, with hot rivets. It was laying in the bottom of the creek. Well, I proceeded to, couldn't pick it up because my belly hurt. <laughs> I proceeded to roll this barrel out of the creek bottom and up on the bank. I was rolling this out of the creek and old Alec looked back and he could see me down on my hands and knees and, he, and his first thought was, son of a, that stitch is broke loose and he's, insides is coming out the creek. <laughs> and back up that creek he come whipping old Topsy just as hard as he could whip her over and under get up there to see what was wrong with me and he was a little bit mad when he see that I was doing this barrel I finally said come on I'll get off in there and help me so we rolled this this barrel was this tall it was a good three feet and it was probably two foot in diameter we rolled this barrel. It didn't have a bottom in it. The bottom had broke out. And we rolled this over and rolled it out of the creek. And we rolled it up on the bank as high as that table and put it in behind some cottonwood trees that was growing in the, in the edge of the creek. And the ledge was right behind the, the barrel and the trees. And I figured, well, that's as good a place as any to keep it from the floods that getting it and and sure enough we went back two or three years later together you know getting cattle and it was still there and i i rolled it out and showed i've got pictures of that <laughs> and it was big enough that my, my brother-in-law jerry was with me and it was big enough when we got it out and cleaned the dirt out of it he crawled on the inside of it and and peeking out the other end and, and waved at it i've got some pictures of that somewhere I wouldn't bet against it being an old Spanish, which could have come off, you know, off of the Henrys and wound up down there. That concludes part one of my interview with Glenn D. Taft. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and a review. Also, stay tuned for part two coming out in two weeks. (laughs) 